We want to <laughs> talk about a couple of things really quick. The Belize mission trip. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. And you can get the packet and application and all that information out in the lobby on your way out today. We're asking, if at all possible, that every person that wants to go on that trip, that bring that back next Sunday, filled out. There are a few documents in there you'll need to fill out and bring back so that we can get those sent off and establish the team that we're going to be taking. And so I encourage you once again over the next week, be praying about it and, uh, and, and seek the Lord and ask him, is this, is this what you want me to do? Is this somewhere you want me to go? I remember last year we were in uh, we were in this part of Jamaica on the west the west coast of Jamaica, and the first Sunday we went in to do ministry at this church, and there were some kids, and they came up to me, and all they wanted was somebody. It just blows my mind. All they wanted was somebody from um, from America to pray for them. Now you and I know. And hopefully we're going to be able to communicate that the same God that lives inside of us lives inside of them. But it was such an incredible opportunity to be able to speak into the lives of people and pray for people and do ministry with people and kids and uh, do a meaningful project that's going to mean something to the people in that community. And so I would encourage you uh, to pray about it over this week. And uh, if you feel like that's where God is leading you, then join with us. It's June the 6th through the 13th. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be very rewarding for you. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, whenever we're the hands and feet of Jesus, and we go somewhere else to do something for somebody, expecting nothing in return, um, it's 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 a pretty incredible thing. And then I want to make mention here: in a couple of weeks, we kick off our uh, spring semester of grow groups, and we've already had quite a few uh, registrations for people that are going to be leading a group. And so hopefully this this week, you'll be able to look online, yourimpactchurch.com slash grow, and there will be a directory on there. Now, if you still want to lead a group or you've been praying about it, uh, all that we ask is that you go online. There is also another link at the same site, yourimpactchurch.com slash grow, where you can register a group that you want to lead. And you give all the details, the uh, curriculum or the Bible study, the, the, the thing that your group is going to be about, the study it's going to be about. And uh, you submit all of that in, and then uh, we'll be able to go through that and get all of those put on the directory. And that way people can start joining groups and being a part of groups. I do want to let you know this, uh, this semester, uh, the, the groups will be limited to, uh, to keep it intimate and to keep it to where we can really discuss and we can grow together because we believe that's important. Uh, it'll be 10 people plus the leader per group. And so uh, I would encourage you early on, go on there Look through the groups, the one, the study that you want to be a part of, get signed up, uh, and that is sign yourself up and sign your spouse up if they're going with you because that is two people. So don't confuse that. That is two people. So if you sign you up, we're not planning on your spouse coming. <laughs> you need to sign your spouse up so that we can know, hey, there are two people coming. There are eight people coming. And that way we can, we can. Uh, the goal is that we really want to grow together. You need to be growing. It's just what we're talking about in this series. We need to be making progress. And part of progress is growth. It's maturing. It's going deeper into the things of God and what God has for your life and what God says about you and what God has for you. And so that's what that's all about. So uh, this coming week, you'll be able to see those. Uh, they'll be uh, up online, and you can start joining a group. And if you still want to be a part of leading a group, uh, we just have to, to have the, the study on there so it can be approved. And then there will be a pre-launch uh, a pre-semester meeting that you'll need to attend. That won't be a terribly long thing, but it'll be in the evening, 
and we're working on the date for that, but it'll be an evening thing that you'll need to attend so that we can kind of uh, talk about what that looks like and get some training if needed and all of those things. And so it's very important that you get registered if you want to lead a group. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, I don't know how excited you are, but we're just going to go on to the next thing, all right? Well, today we have uh, the opportunity to continue in our series that we've called Progress, that we're going to be in for several, several weeks, and uh, I believe that God is going to speak so much through this series of how we can make progress in our lives and in different areas of our lives and different uh, topics that we deal with or whatever, and today we have the privilege and the honor of hearing from my wife, and so will you please put your hands together and welcome to the stage Amanda Miller. Good morning. <laughs> well, I'm excited and honored to be able to speak to you guys today. Um, Gabriel had talked to me several weeks ago and had just said, you know, it's really been on my heart. I really feel like you're supposed to speak during our, our first series of the year. So, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I love when God reveals to him and shows him the word of the year. And I just said, you know, like God's given you that vision. And he said, I just want you to go pray about it. Go pray about it. Ask the Lord. And sure enough, as I prayed about it and asked him, he reminded me of a message that he had shown me this last year or just some things really that he was showing me um, in, a specific, in specific scriptures and said, okay, now this is the time. Pull it out. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to pull it out, and I'm going to talk to you today. Um, so let's pray. God, I just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, um, for this day, another day, a gift that you've given us, Father. God, I pray right now, Lord, we know that we could turn all the lights down because it doesn't matter, God, if, if it's not about me, it's not about Pastor Gabe, Father, it's not about anyone on this stage, Father, it's about you. And I pray, Lord, that every word that is spoken, Father, Lord, that brings glory to you, Father. God, that if it's just one little thing, one little seed planted today in someone's heart, Father, one little step that they, they see that they can take, Father, God, that that is what you desire. You desire from your children progress, not perfection, but progression. And I thank you, Father, that, God, through this word, Lord, that you have given, God, I pray, Lord, that you just reveal yourself, Father, that you reveal your heart, for your children today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to start out by talking to you about one of, one of my favorite statements, be still, be still. How many of you have heard the statement, heard the verse, be still, be still and know? Well, I want to talk to you about this statement because I always honestly have become so perplexed. I'm a doer by nature, um, I like to get stuff done. You can ask my husband. I struggle with the relaxing. I like to be productive. Um, but, but there was something that God showed me in, in the term be still. And as I just began to, to study um, some scripture and where he's saying to be still, some things that he revealed to me that I had never seen before. Um, so I started off by just looking up what the term be still means. And be still comes from the Hebrew root. Hebrew word rapha, which is used around 46 times in the Bible, roughly, but it, it means to let go, to surrender, and even die to ourselves. 
So this term that we typically use, you know, maybe when you're telling your children or, or whatever, sometimes telling yourself, be still, like, you know, whatever. Um, I know I say it often to my children, and, um, but to be still in this situation in Scripture, God is really using it in a way to say, hey, let go, hey, surrender, hey, hey die to yourself right now. So today, I want to talk to you about how we can be still and still make progress. Because I believe that God has called us to, to be still, to be still in Him, and still make progress. So today, my message is titled, titled Turn the Tide, Progress Requires a Process. Progress Requires a Process. So today we're going to read from one of my favorite um, Bible stories. If you've been in church even a short period of time, long period of time, you've heard it many times. But um, today we're going to read from Exodus 14. And I'm going to skip a few scriptures, not because they're not important, but just because I want to really get to the heart of what we're talking about today. I encourage you. There are so many directions you could go with this scripture. So I encourage you, even after today, to go back yourself and read Exodus 14 and allow God to show you specific things about this scripture that he might want to speak to you today. But for today, we're going to talk um, from Exodus 14. We're going to start in verse 13. Moses told the people, fear not. Now, I'm going to tell you right before this, the Israelites were freaking out that God had already told Moses he already told them, he said, okay, I'm going to harden the heart of Pharaoh, and they're going to come after you guys. And the Israelites are now freaking out. They were excited, I think, I would think, probably. It didn't say it clearly in Scripture that they were excited, but they were free now. They were once slaves, and Moses was leading them out. So, so here they are, they're freaking out. And here's Moses, and he told them, fear not, stand still firm, confident, undismayed, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. Come on, be still. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And I want you to remember that part. We're going to talk about that, part, about that part in a minute. He tells the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide, divide it. And the Israelites shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. We're going to skip over to verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the Israelites went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued, went in after them, into the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And I'm going to go ahead and read. I didn't include this for the notes, so you won't see it up here. But I'm going to go ahead and read these two verses because, honestly, they're just really cool. And I don't want you to miss this part of what even God did. And in the morning, watch the Lord through the pillar of fire. So he sent a pillar of fire and a cloud. He looked down on the host of the Egyptians and discomfited them. And bound, clogged, took off their chariot wheels, making them drive heavily. 
And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Verse 26, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and horsemen. So Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its strength and normal flow when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled, fled into it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians and shook them off into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the host of Pharaoh that pursued them. Not even one of them remained. So I know that's a lot of words, but basically they're saying waters came down and they all were drowned. Not one of them were left alive. But the Israelites walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. The, wa- uh, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that, that great work which the Lord did against the Egyptians. And the people reverently feared the Lord and trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord and to his servant Moses. I want to talk to you today specifically about two things that I feel like through this scripture and just in, honestly, through multiple stories that I'm just going to use as examples. Well, I believe there's two things that I believe that God really makes for, he wants, he desires for us to do. And number one is for us to go forward. Go forward. We saw in verse 15 how the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward to go forward. God told them right before that, literally the scripture before that, to be still. I read from the Amplified Version, but that's what he said in in the scripture right before. He said to be still. I don't think God said, oops, I contradicted myself. No, he said, okay, be still, calm down, rest in me, trust in me, now go forward. And I believe that God is calling us to go forward. God, I believe he wants to help us, but we got to move first. And there were things that God did through Moses, but God did it after he took a step. God told him, lift up your rod, then the, the sea was split. I can't imagine, you know, we get so focused on that miracle. I love it. I just, I would have, it's, it's one of those, I just can't imagine standing there. And seeing this sea be split. But then at the same time, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? (laughs) Like, I could have been the one in the middle of that and it caving in. I mean, I can swim, but I sure don't want to find out what it was like to try to swim in that. And But I think that there was something that God was trying to do in them as he called them. And he said, okay, now calm down, be still, but go forward. God used Moses. God used him, but he had to take some steps forward. Even in Psalm 4610, it's a famous, you know, a very well-known verse. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. But it's funny, as I studied that entire chapter, throughout the entire, every verse, it says, even though the earth gives way, even though the waters may cave in, even though this may happen, that may happen, be still. And know that I'm God. And he's calling, I believe, he's calling us out 
to be still in him, to be calm in him. You know, we had a situation happen this last week. Our, I was walking through a house, and we have tile all throughout our house, and, and the floor started getting warm. And if any of you know, during this time of year, a tile floor is not warm at all. It is, it's cold. Well, um, I mentioned it to my husband, and then I'm going to be honest, I started freaking out. Because I started Googling what that means, and it does not mean good things. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so Gabriel, he did a few things. He made a few calls. We found out what we've got to do. But, you know, I share that story only because I text a friend, and I'm like, this happened. And uh, I'm going to be honest. I know that it's not helping me, but I'm kind of freaking out over here, basically. And um, she just reminded me, like, hey, you can't worry about it. You can't change anything. And I think even in that situation, as silly and as small as it was, it was one of those moments where we had a choice. We make a choice to go forward and just be still. Me freaking out about it today is not going to change what's happening. But me choosing to be still in him and rest in the peace that, you know what, he'll provide, he'll make a way, he'll do what needs to be done. And, and that's, that's a lot of what we can do. We be still and move forward. I read a quote a while back that said, don't ask God to guide your steps if you're not willing to move your feet. And, you know, I think I, I, I wrestled with this message because I told my husband, I said, I don't want it to be where people hear, maybe you're in the room and you're like, I already struggle with striving. I already struggle with working until from dawn till dusk, I already struggle with that, then maybe the part of this message about going forward is not for you, but maybe the be still part's for you today. Or maybe it's both today. Maybe you say that, you know, I'm asking God, God, will you move, will you move, but you're not willing to move your feet. And I just, I firmly believe that God didn't call us just to get saved and then sit. God called us to get saved and then take some steps. And those steps look different for each and every one of us. And I think that even in this situation with Moses, instead of waiting for the miracle, maybe it's time we start walking into our miracle. I believe that there's some of us that there's some steps. Maybe God's already told you to take, and you just need to begin taking them. Or maybe you just need to do what Gabriel was talking about a minute ago, and you need to pause and be still in his presence so he can tell you what the next step is to take. I don't think that this just applies to our occupation, though. I don't think this, this be still and then the, the go forward part applies just to our occupation. And it could. Maybe for today, you, you hear him speaking about that. But maybe today, it's just taking a step as a parent to be more present. And be home one extra evening a week. You know, it could be as simple as take a step to mend a broken relationship that's with a mom, with a sibling, with a, you name it, with a friend. If that's you, you probably already have the name ringing in your head. Maybe it's as simple as put your application in for the new job and then you be still and you just rest in, he's got it. Maybe it's enroll for college courses. Whatever the case may be, what's your next step? I can't tell you what's your next step. Only he can. Only you know and he knows what your next step is. Andy Stanley said it this way, that direction, not intention, determines your destination. 
the reality is we can have good in intentions, but if we don't start moving in a direction, we're not ever going to get to our destination. You know, I'm just being a little transparent here for a while. I had been praying, um, had been having some pains that had come up again in my body, some health issues, and, and I was praying, God, heal me, will you touch me? And even during this fast, and so kindly, yet so firmly, I felt him saying, okay, you're praying for health and healing, but what step are you taking to get that? And I'm going to be honest, I wasn't taking a single step. <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to make sure I got good sleep. I wasn't trying to make sure I ate better. And I'm not talking about striving. It, if we're not careful, we can easily go on the flip side of things and we're stressing and we're striving and trying to make sure we're checking off all our boxes. But there were some steps I could take to find healing as well. But the nice thing is when I know that I'm taking my steps, then I get to just be still and watch him do what he does. The reality was Moses on his own, he could lift that staff and nothing happened. But when he took his step forward... God did what he couldn't do. So we could say it this way, that progress requires action, and action brings access. Choosing to activate brings access, I believe. There are things that God won't allow us to have access to until we take action. You know, a few things, even when we were just stepping out to plant the church, that that God had called us to do, we put our house on the market in faith. And anybody that was here at that time, you know, that walked through um, with us through that, um, we waited for three and a half years as we watched God sell our house eventually. We don't get to t determine the timing. We don't get to determine how, but we take our step and then we be still. And I had moments, I'm going to be honest, I was being still and a whole lot more moments I was not being still about it. I'm like, Lord, I know we did exactly what you said to do. Why aren't you moving? I was acting like the Israelites, though, kind of freaking out a lot more moments. But here are some examples of why I believe this is true. Just from the Bible, a few stories, and I'm not going to read them all, um, but I, I just want to encourage you some things that had to take place, where just like we read, Moses took action to lead the Israelites. So they got access to being able to be used by God, be led ahead into being freed from being slaves. Just like last week where we kind of mentioned um, in the intermission time that Ezekiel and the process he had to go through, how God used him and the steps he was willing to take to do what only he could do to breathe life and bring back these dead bones and, and, and do awesome things. As Andrea, she even shared a couple of weeks ago about um, Joshua and the wall of Jericho. How many of you know God could have made that wall fall on his own. He didn't need those people to march. But he said, oh, watch what's going to happen. When I, when I make these people march with no weapons, no nothing, just take some steps, what he wanted to do in them as they partnered with them. And that's what I believe, that, that God, he desires to partner with us. He doesn't have to. He's like, I want you in on this. I want you to see that if you'll just obey me in the small things, that I'm going to do the big things. We just have to partner with him. I, I love it, and I don't. I, there's value in each and every one of us, I truly believe. But I, I do believe this. God doesn't exactly need us, but he wants us. And I'm thankful for that, that he wants us. He wants us to be a part. 
It was when the woman with the issue of blood, she took steps. She took action to get access to healing. After 12 years of trying to get better, it was when Noah took action to build the ark in faith, even when there was not a sign of rain. But he and his family were saved because of it. It was when Esther took action to step up and talk to the king that God gave her access to her people being set free. God set the people free, but he used Esther. We focus so much on the fact that Peter doubted when he walked on water, but there were all the disciples in the boat that chose not to take a step. And the fact is, is that Peter got access to a miracle. Yeah, God was like, hey, what, why are you afraid? Like, trust in me. I get that. His, his faith wavered, but the reality was he got to be a part of a miracle that's now that we, we all read about because he was willing to take action. Story after story I could share, but action, we've got to take action to receive access to our miracle. All God needs is our willingness, our willingness to say yes, our willingness to step out. You know, Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And many times I believe that we tend to live in the way that we say, God, you don't know what you're doing when you set me apart for that. You don't know what, what, you don't know what you're asking because I'm not, I'm not qualified to do that. Yet he's fully aware. And, and story after story where he used the unequipped, he used the unqualified, the, the, uh, those that may feel incapable. Even Moses, he said, God, I can't speak. I don't have the mouth to speak. And yet God used him to lead all these people. The reality is, is while God does his part, he asks, he asks us to do ours too. What if God is waiting on your action to give you access? You've been praying for that new job, and he's like, put in that application. You know, you've been praying for that new opportunity, and he's like, if you'll sit at my feet, I'll tell you what's the next step to take. Jesus, I believe he was a man of action, and he calls us to be the same. Mark Batterson, he said it this way, if we want to see God move, we need to make a move. This is in the book we're all reading together, and I just love it. I, it just, oh, so good. Draw the circle. If it seems like God isn't moving in our lives, maybe it's because we aren't moving. Many times we have to step out to find out. Some of us maybe need to take action on something new today. Some of us maybe just need to take action and take back what's ours. And what the enemies tried to steal. We need to take ownership over our own steps and say, are the steps that I'm taking, are they leading me forward? Or am I taking any steps at all? Am I choosing today to go forward? And I believe that we can even ask that just if we would ask ourselves regularly, am I going forward? Am I, am I moving forward? We need to fix our eyes on our progress. Fix our eyes ultimately on Jesus, and he helps us progress, not the perfection. Going forward is going to look different for each and every one of us, but the command that is clear when we move forward is that Jesus tells us to follow him. He says, follow me. He said something, he said something extra to each and every one of the disciples. It was one of the first times really accounted in the word where he's talking to the disciples and he's like, sell it all, come follow me. It, and, but each one of the times it, it ended with follow me. 
And that leads me to my second point, which is follow him. Follow him. Exodus 14, God spoke to Moses because Moses chose to spend time with him. Some of us are being still because we don't know the direction, because we aren't going to the director for wisdom and what we need. Some of us are waiting on that peace, but we're not going to have that peace until we go to him and then we take that step and the peace will come after we've taken the step. The word of God, spending time with him and his word and hearing him speak, quieting ourselves, just as Pastor Gabe mentioned, that's what's going to make the difference in how we follow him. The word of God will do an outside work on our circumstances and it'll do an inside work on us. I heard Tony Evans, he shared this once, this example, and I just, I'm a visual girl, so I love um, visuals, but he said, how many of you remember when we had cordless phones? You remember when we had cordless phones? Well, I know there are so many different phones. My kids don't even recognize that kind of phone. And um, But when we had cordless phones, I remember always um, as a kid, and, and we'd answer the phone, and then we'd leave it right there. And how many of you know what would happen after we left it right there? It'd go dead, right? And Tony Evans, he said it this way, that that is how we are as the followers of Jesus. If we don't spend time with God daily and don't stay connected to our base, or as Pastor Gabe put it last week, the vine, we go dead. We go dead. We must stay connected. The Israelites walked on dry ground in this situation in Exodus 14, but then a little bit later they walked through the Jordan River and they were the wet, the water, it was covering their bodies. And I think that many times we're waiting for something to happen. We're waiting to follow him when it looks like the split the sea moment, when it's dry. But sometimes the miraculous, sometimes it's just going to look miraculous. We're going to see God do things. We've watched it in our own lives. We've seen it happen where the miraculous just happens. There's no way, there's not, not anything, no way to explain it. But sometimes, even in this situation, the Israelites walked to the Jordan, and it was messy. And sometimes, I think that sometimes we'll walk through the miraculous, but many times when we're, when we're walking, it's going to look messy. But God still wants to do a miracle through the messy. Gabriel, he quoted Pastor Gabe. I say Gabriel. I'm like the only person that calls him Gabriel. And I think I cause confusion for people because I say that's what your mama named you, and that's what I'm going to call you. But... I, that's, that's what I'm talking about. So Pastor Gabe, he had mentioned last week, um, had mentioned a quote, and it was just like, oh, this is exactly, those who don't lose sight of the progress being made will find joy in the process. And it's always a process. All of this that happened for Moses and anything in the Bible, I think we lose sight of because we, we, we read verse after verse after verse, and we don't consider the time that it took to get to where they were going, how long they had to follow. But as I said, that when we follow, it looks different for all of us. But the reality is the same for all of us, that when we follow Jesus, when we surrender and trust in him, that we will experience his presence, his provision, his promises. But I want to talk for just a moment about what it looks like, what I believe the scripture kind of gives us a little bit better idea of what it looks like to really follow Jesus what it looks like when we're following after him. With all our different callings and giftings, 
a, a clear command that I believe that he gave us through Paul in Colossians. And I'm going to briefly read one scripture and then we're going to stay in one other one. But in Colossians 2.2, and I encourage you to read it. But at the end of it, he ends that scripture with that they may become more progressively, more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly that mystic secret of God, Christ the anointed one. So he's talking about that we may become more acquainted with, with God. But in Colossians 1.10, I'm going to read the Amplified Version. And it says that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work. Pastor Gabe talked about that this last week, about how we should be bearing fruit. And I think that as I was even finishing this up, I felt like God even said for some of you, you're like, I don't even know what that looks like to bear fruit in my life, but God does. And you can go to him and ask him, God, what does that look like in my own life to bear fruit? So we're called to, he tells us, that fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, steadily growing, and we could even say it progressing, and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. So three things that I believe that God asks of us as we follow him. That we are called to bear fruit in every good work. We are called to steadily grow. And we are called to increase in the knowledge of our relationship, in our relationship with God. And, and I believe that in our relationship with God, that yes, he's our heavenly father, but I believe he doesn't just desire to be our father. He wants to be our friend. And, and I, I love my own earthly relationship with my, I love my own relationship with my own earthly father. But there was a transition in our relationship when, when it just went from being father and daughter to, to now you're, you're, you're my father, but you're also my friend. And I think the relationship, it became more intimate. The relationship became more, more daily, more, more, more just closer, more discussion. And I believe that that's what God desires for us too. Another popular verse that we hear often, Matthew 16, 24, that the, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And I believe that in, the, in this verse, and you study it, you know, this is just my own opinion. That what it looks like to take up our cross is, is to die to ourselves and just to do what he says to do. To follow after him no matter the cost. Sometimes, it's, sometimes it, it goes so well. Sometimes it goes so smoothly. And sometimes it's just hard. But that I'm willing to follow him no matter the cost. And I think that that's what Paul knew in these scriptures, even in Colossians and, and multiple books that he wrote, that he learned to be content because he knew, I'm going to follow him no matter the cost. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Maybe today you need to take the first step and choose just to follow Jesus. That's a big deal. I just want to follow Jesus. But maybe today you say, I know I need to start making time to know him better, more daily. 
you know, Psalm 119, 105 says his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. And, and I think that many times we're, we're looking for the lamp at our feet. But we're like, God, where's the lamp? But we're not picking up the word. And, and we're, not, we're not going to him to be the lamp. We're just, we're wanting the lamp without, without our part. Maybe today you've been in be still mode and you're feeling that, I know I need to take action. You're being reminded of something he told you to do and you need to take action today so you can have your access. Maybe today that's not you at all and you say, you know what, I've been doing everything I know to do. I've been taking every step I know to take. I've been moving forward. And God's just speaking to your heart today. Be still. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep taking your step. Move forward. But rest in me. Knowing that you're moving forward and you're following me. And today, I think that, that that's, that's, that's the key here. Is if we know that one, we're following him. And two, we're moving forward. We're trying to take steps forward. We can just be still. Because I'm doing my part, and I know he's going to do his. I get to rest in that. Am I moving forward? Am I following him? Then you know what? Though the earth gives way and the mountains may crumble, I will be still and know that my God will do what only he can do. As you wait, you can trust that your action bring access. We don't get to decide how. We don't get to decide when. Some people's waiting is longer than others. I don't understand it, but one thing I do know, God wastes nothing. And oh, how he grows us through those times. Will you stand to your feet today? Just want to remind you that progress requires action, and action brings access. All we must do is move forward and follow him and be still. We can make progress and still be still. Be still. Constantly leaning into him, declaring out loud, even though on the inside I'm freaking out or I'm struggling with freaking out. God, I lean into you. You got this. I am yours. You called me. You're going to provide. As our prayer team comes forward, I encourage you, maybe today you're struggling with moving forward. Maybe you say, I've been stuck in paralyzation. I don't know how to take action. But I want to encourage you that today, if you will just take that step of what God's saying, He will give you what you need. Maybe today you say, I'm struggling. I'm, I, so I've taken that step. I don't feel the be still part. You say, I'm moving forward. I don't feel the be still part. I encourage you, tell someone. Come up here. Pray with someone. Allow or, or find someone next to you. Allow God to, to build the courage within you to take that step. To rest in Him. All we got to do is follow Him. All we got to do is move forward. And then He says, Now, baby, you've done your parts. Sweet daughter, sweet son, you've done your parts. I'm going to do the rest.
and he will. And we can be still in that. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you, Lord, that your word is true. Your word is a promise. It's not a maybe. It's not an if. It's a promise. And God, today I ask you, Lord, God, just to breathe life into your children today. Father, that where there may be struggles with being still, Lord, that you will just rain down your peace upon them. God, that they will lean into you. God, that they will just surrender to you. God, that they will choose to trust in you. God, maybe today they feel paralyzed by by the afraid to fail, afraid to mess it up, afraid they're going to miss you. But God, I thank you, Lord, that as they take steps to follow after you and to move forward, Father, you will bless those steps, Lord, and you will redeem. God, you will use. God, I thank you, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that for this word that was given, Father, that there be no shame or condemnation upon anyone, Father, but, God, that just simply your peace, God, and just a prodding in the heart just to make progression, Lord. You did not ask for perfection. You do the perfecting part. God, we just, God, I pray right now, Lord, that we just focus on you and the steps that we can take to progress, Father. And as we sing this last song, Father, And as we declare that this is a move, Father, we trust, Lord, that as we take steps, Father, as we we lean into you, as we follow after you, and as we just be still, Father, that you, God, will do what only you can do. And we will see miracles happen, maybe in the messy, but God, no matter what, we will see miracles happen. In Jesus' name.